Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. And I'm joined by my new friends, uh, Nirit and Amir Karbi. Thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast. Hi, thank you for having us here. Oh, no, it's truly a privilege. And uh, we had the opportunity to meet, uh, it's, it's been a little over a year ago, I guess, uh, originally at the Photo Native Conference. You all are running Pick Time, which is a business we'll, we'll talk about in more detail here in just a little bit. Uh, but I had the opportunity to see the service that you were offering and the beautiful, beautiful UI. We had conversation that kind of started around that. And, and ultimately, I said, you know what, let's have a podcast. Let's do a podcast and have a conversation there. And we can share a little bit about what, of course, you all are doing through that. So I'm excited to dive into conversation today and also kind of the topic at hand, which has to do with the kind of, it's not necessarily a dichotomy, but maybe the ongoing uh, struggle between art and service and business. And so we're going to also get into that here in just a little bit. But let's just start out with uh, something that we always start out with at the Boca Podcast, which is something called the aha moment. And this is very simply uh, the biggest or hardest lesson that you may have learned as business owners so far. Yeah, so I think that uh, I'm going to pass this question to Amir, uh, since this is my first serious business, I would say. I was doing other things before this, so I think Amir has a good experience to share with us. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, so for me, it's uh, the third company I have started, and uh, the difference here in this, in big time, is that really it's our company, and there's no investors. For me, it's uh, it's much more fun because we're really doing things the way we uh, feel right about. So it's very pure from what we feel needs to be done. It's much more fun. And another major thing that came out of it is that me and Irit works together. Irit <laughs> was so far away from uh, my world. And actually, with the uh, big time, she came uh, into, I came to her world, which is photography, and she came to mine, which is software. Oh, that's a beautiful. And, yeah, and it's, it's great for us to work together. That's so, wonderful. And, and of course, not every um, husband and wife have the opportunity to work together. And, and in some cases, even if they do, it's not necessarily spoken about positively. So I love to hear that from you. But <laughs> I, I also love that the... The, the fact that you mentioned that you are happy doing what you're doing and, and you know, the significance ultimately of a business that is a reflection of who you are, of your heart. Running a business from your heart is a beautiful privilege that we have as entrepreneurs. It doesn't always play out that way. And, and you spoke about the difference between working with investors um, and just doing something on your own. And there can be a pretty significant difference there. If any of our listeners have the opportunity to work with investors now or in the future, it's always important to communicate with them very clearly where you're coming from and ultimately establishing a relationship that enables you to still run and develop a business um, based on your heart. But uh, it's truly a privilege. It's always important to, to also add intelligence to the, to the mix as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, running a business from the heart means that we don't get burnout, uh, at least not nearly as quickly. It's enjoyable. 
uh, to go to work day in and day out. And I think that's a wonderful privilege. So thank you for sharing that with us. It's, it's a wonderful reminder. And I'd love to get to know you all more than I already have uh, with our listeners as well. So I, maybe you can start with something that most people don't know about you. Okay, I can start with it. Yeah, yeah. I think almost everything, anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much people know us from maybe Instagram or my personal Instagram, but I came from really different place. I learned social work and my direction was therapy. But after my first kid was born, Abigail, I just started started doing uh, things in my house for little decorations or drawings or stuff like this. And I discovered that I have something. So it's, it's a long way until I got to photography, but it started there. So I think that me being a social worker is like, it was a big, big transition from that point to where I am today and what I did with photography. I can imagine, would you say though that you bring a certain amount of empathy? I can imagine that that you're able to empathize with your clients or even not only in photography, but also now with PickTime, that you're able to connect with people maybe in a little bit different way than, than a lot of photographers do. Yeah, I think photographers have these connections. Um, This is something that I really liked when I was a photographer. I think that the personal connection, the thing that happened between me and and the person I shot was very special. And I I carry it with me uh, also to pick time. I mean, even the feature request, which is, I don't know, it's something that if it's that developed in different company, but for me, it's so important to hear everyone and like every photographer and trying to follow up with requests and thing that matters to them. So definitely my daughter told me once, you know, man, big time is like bringing all your things together because it's like there is art and there are like it's the social work part and uh, there are people you work with like the it's it's really everything that's I am. That's beautiful. And I, I love how, how kids can make observations like that, too. I think that's yeah. wonderful. Right. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you're driving and they say like a, such a big, big understanding of something so meaningful in your life. And it's, yeah. wow, how do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> it is a really wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amir, t- tell us a little bit about you as well. Uh, I like very much to make hummus and to invite uh, friends uh, for hummus dinners. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this is very interesting. Okay, so do you have a, a, a particular, like a favorite recipe or a particular type of hummus that's a favorite? Uh, yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> is it and top I, secret? I, <laughs> and that's, of course, yes. <laughs> I like the spicy hummus, um, but there's, a, I love all types of things, but to make, I like the, a little bit more spicy ones. And, you know, there's something you mentioned having people over for the, the hummus dinner. I, I, there's something that's just wonderful about hosting a meal. You know, the, I mean, I, I know this is this is deeply rooted in human culture, the, the notion of socializing around food. But I absolutely love the opportunity to host, uh, to have friends over, to make dinner, to share in conversation, share in food. I think it's an absolutely beautiful thing. And I, I, that's a, that is very much a random fact and certainly not one that I've heard from any other of our guests. So I, I appreciate you, sh- <laughs> you sharing that with us. I think that's great. Now, you mentioned uh, your kids. So I'll, I'll, I'll follow with that. So yeah. on the first days of big time, this is actually when I started uh, doing Hamas. Every Monday, we would in, we, 
I would make hummus and would invite friends, family, everybody in the neighborhood to come. Yeah, it was like between 20 to 30 people each wow. time. Every Monday. Really and this is, by the way, in one of these gatherings, this is how we came up with the name Big Time. With It wasn't <laughs> us. It was one of the... <laughs> That's niece, really actually. interesting. Yeah. Well, I, 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 again, there is there is a significant benefit uh, on multiple levels from community, and and I love that you put a priority on that. I think that's that's absolutely wonderful, and and really that's a beautiful segue into a conversation about family because you mentioned your kids. Tell us more about your kids and and what family life looks like. Uh, we have uh, three kids, twelve to eighteen, very independent and very different uh, one from each other. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think uh, we've been in the States for four years, and I think that for us as a family, it's been the most significant experience that we've had. Uh, moving from your familiar place to a different country really puts the family in such a focus, and the connections and the experience we had together will stay with us forever. So I think that I can't speak about our family without mentioning it. It's like a big part of our like foundations. We traveled a lot and we had like an amazing time. And in Israel, Israel is very different. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that are happening outside of your circle but like draws the kids out and while we were there we were like doing doing more team. things together. We were a team, yeah. Here we are more spread. She's going there, he's going there, like everybody are busy. Yeah. And there we didn't know anyone, you know, it's like, it was different. So that, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Cause I, I actually grew up overseas as well. Um, I, we moved to Japan when I was about two years old and we oh. lived there for about 10 years. And so I, I'm familiar with what it's like, first of all, to travel together. Cause we did travel a lot, not just to Japan, but we traveled a lot as a family, but then also the bond that, that it naturally creates as a family. When you go to a place that you're not necessarily familiar with, um, you know, I mean, yeah. ultimately Japan became a second home to us and, and, um, I, I just, I absolutely love the culture, but I, I totally understand how it can create a bond. And I think that's a, that's a really beautiful thing. Do you, do you find that, um, you know, you mentioned the conversation earlier where your daughter gave you insight, uh, into what you were doing now with pick time. Do you, do you find that the, a lot of those types of conversations happen, especially now that your kids are teenagers? Yeah, it's, the the conversation are so meaningful now and it's it's beautiful to see them grow to hear their thoughts i mean just my daughter is dancing my son is playing drums suddenly they become like the people yes and the more they grow i mean it's just getting more and more fascinating uh, as a parent so this is like a great experience for yeah. both of us Think, yeah, that's lovely. And you know what? I love that you say it's a wonderful experience, too, because I've heard so many times people comment on how tough the teenage years are and they do bring challenges. I have a 16 year old and, and an almost 13 year old and um, they do have their own challenges. But to me, it's that the word that comes to mind really is adventure. You know, there's there's always something to learn. Um, but I think if you yeah. make a very proactive effort at maintaining a, a close relationship, one of open communication with your kids, it's it's not necessarily that much more complicated or difficult than when they were when they were younger. And and you do have the opportunity to have some really beautiful conversations. You know, I mean, just the other day, I was riding in the car with with my daughter actually. And I brought up a, a post that she had made on Instagram about the definition of love. 
And, and we, we got into a, a really deep conversation really, really quickly that was just extremely enjoyable. And she brought beautiful insight to the topic. And uh, I just love those kinds of conversations, both where I have the opportunity to teach them what I've learned, but then also, as you mentioned or alluded to, where I have the opportunity to learn from them because they have wonderful wisdom and insight as well. So that's, that's really lovely. Yeah, it's always surprising. Like, it's a different generation. I mean, I experience uh, their thoughts are more open, yes. I feel. And it's just so, so, so interesting to sit with them and to uh, have this time and hear such a fresh mind. Yeah, yeah, that perspective is is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. You, you mentioned getting to travel a lot together in the past. Is that something that you all still do together uh, in your free time, or what do you like? How do you like to spend time together as a family? We do all kind of things. On the short term, I think we have we we like good food. So yes. I think the small family, we when we are together, lots of times we look for a good restaurant and we go out. Uh, but uh, really having a uh, time together, mainly it's around backpacking. In the States, we did a lot. Every Saturday, we went on hiking. And uh, every holiday, we went on backpacking uh, different places. Wow. Yeah, the backpacking is, Amir says it's like backpacking. But it's like it's, it folds such a hard and unforgettable <laughs> experience because <laughs> I mean the first one we went to the Narrows we did it uh, with the kids Nadav was six years old and it's it's not an easy track and uh, you're you were, we were going in the water for two days and sleeping there wow and yeah it's like we're doing intensive stuff because of Amir I I would just sit near the pool but I married <laughs> and it's not not getting there <laughs> so I think it's but I think it's great uh, lesson for them like being able to walk through away um is it's huge foundation for for life Absolutely. Well, and ultimately, those are experiences, you know, it may be enjoyable or not in the moment. Um, those are experiences that you get to speak to as a family. You can you can relive those moments or relive those stories together, which I think is so beautiful. One of my favorite things is to, to go back. I have pictures of my childhood. My my mom kept a, a, a photo album for me growing up that I, I ended up taking those images and just scanning them in digitally. So now I have easy access to them on my phone. And I love going back and looking at those pictures. And it does remind me of the, the opportunities that I had to travel with my family. And so I think it's beautiful that you all are creating those memories together through those experiences. Um, I think that holds a lot of significance as well. And I put a lot of priority on that with my kids as well. I think this is really great. How do you, how do you, I mean, you, you're running a business and that takes up a lot of time. How do you create that free time to make sure that you're giving that to each other and, and to your kids, to your family? So to be honest, uh, in the last year, in the became, last two years, I would <laughs> say it becomes, it became more and more difficult as the business grows. Sure. And. But uh, we have also other great uh, people in the company, and we're trying not to to go out, to go out uh, on a vacation uh, at the same time. So there are other, when we go out, there are other people taking care of the business. And and it, it, so this brings up two important points. I think one one is this is something that we've been talking about a little bit on the podcast as of late. Uh, you know, the, just the simple reality that there are certain times in life, or especially in in, in the life of a business where we don't have quite as much flexibility. We just have to put our head down and work really hard. 
And it's always nice to have, of course, good relationship with our partner or significant other or our kids or otherwise to be able to say to them, hey, look, this is the situation. We're working really hard right now, but we'll make sure to, to create this time together at, you know, at this point or this or that point so that there's there's communication maintained through that. Uh, but then in addition to that, it's also important to take advantage of the opportunity to have people on your team who, you know, whether it's something as simple as just being able to to go out on a date with your significant other because you're able to, to you know, let the kids stay with uh, friends or family or more specifically yeah. in the case of, of running a company that you have, whether it's a small team or a large team or you're working with a third party company to, to handle services for you or take care of work for yeah. you, that you're able to delegate that work so you don't have to take it on all yourself and um, so yeah. I, th- this is these are good, very very good reminders because, uh, as you say, you know, starting a company, man, it can be absolutely overwhelming at times. Yeah, I think that we started it, and the beginning was calm, and once we hit the market and started growing, it has become so intensive. So our time together is really, really in like small doses. We, we didn't even, I mean, our last backpacking was in Alaska. And since then, uh, it was one and a half year ago, uh, two years ago, actually. Okay. So we're, we're, we were not able to go for like for that, that, uh, that amount that, of time yeah. uh, for that from then. But so we're taking it in small doses. And I think that the fact that we were together for so long in the States really made something strong. And I, I mean, I don't think that me and Amir would survive as a couple, if our relationship wouldn't be that strong and same goes with the kids. I mean, uh, it's not easy. If you would take one of our kids to the interview, uh, <laughs> it might be a slightly different conversation, huh? <laughs> yeah. Mom is not uh, enough. She's not, uh, she's working too much. So it's it's not an easy experience for kids, and especially when you're working from home, it can be so confusing for the kids because you're like you're in the house, but you're not in you're not, you're not able to be with them. Like today, I had few situa- few situations where I was not able. I was in the middle of something, and I couldn't like stop working. And so they see you, and they think that you're in the house, but you're in the office, the virtual office. So right. it's challenging. It really is challenging. I mean, I, this is something that, um, at least on occasion anyway, I, I have to say to my kids, cause they'll, you know, I'll be sitting, I, I work from the dining room table. I, I work standing at the, the bar around our kitchen. I work at a, I'm, right now I'm actually at a standing desk in my living room. I, I kind of move all over, but they'll see me and there's a tendency for them to just come in and start conversation immediately. And yeah. I might be in the middle of trying to, to, you know, pound out an email or finish a conversation via instant message or, um, or think through a, a problem that I'm dealing with, whatever it might be. And so I just have to remind them, hey, look, you know, if you come up and, and you have something that you want to talk about, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to connect with you. But just say something like, you know, excuse me, dad, or get my attention first. Let me stop what I'm doing so I can give you that, that focused attention, and then we can have conversation. Um, but yeah, it, re- it really can be tough. But, you know, you made a, a really great point, which is small doses. You said the word small doses. And, and I think it's important to remember that just because we can't dedicate, you know, two weeks to this extensive vacation or a backpacking trip or anything else, 
it's still so important to spend even an hour or two together here and there. Last night, my, my kids and I, and I think I've mentioned this recently on the podcast, but my kids and I sat down to play cards. And um, it's so much fun, just a simple notion of sitting down to play a card game. We're sitting around the dining room table. We're playing cards. We're having conversation. We've got music playing in the background. We're laughing. We're joking around. And that simple interaction, of course, minus the phones, uh, you know, being on our phones, it's so wonderful just to have that simple connection. And small doses are fine. A lot of it, a lot of the time, it's it's more about the quality over the quantity. And so I, I love the, the fact that you make that point. Now, you talked about starting pick time, and I'd love to just kind of get a little bit of the backstory uh, on how you and Amir started pick time. Okay, so basically the idea, uh, Mirit came up with the idea, but that was around, I don't remember, 2004, three. Um, but I was fully uh, busy with my other company. So we kind of, we were uh, with, we had business with HP. So we met with uh, Snapfish at that time and uh, I discussed with their CEO uh, this thing and they, they were not interested in, in solving this problem. So each one of us uh, went their own way. And um, after uh, my first company, I have time, I had time, and we said, maybe we'll do it. Uh, so we started to do it, uh, we took our time, and uh, we built it up um, and through the hummus dinner, as I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were working from, from Amir, I mean, I was, I was not involved in that uh, point, I was here and there, but not really like I am giving now. directions, not yeah, uh, giving directions. doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when did so, you officially launch PickTime online? When did that? When did the site go live? Uh, we started uh, with PickTime. We built the uh, the platform, and then came uh, all kind of enterprise customers. Um, again, from my previous uh, businesses uh, that wanted uh, this platform, which was good for a starting point. It gave us also financial base for that. Yeah, and uh, actually, we came back to the original uh, concept April t- 2016. 2016. 2016. Yeah, April 2016, we uh, launched it uh, in the US. Okay, that, that's really interesting, and it's interesting too that you, you mentioned the fact that starting out on the enterprise level enables you to have the financial means to further develop the platform. Uh, I also, yeah. I also like the the point that you made just a little bit ago, and I don't think it was on purpose, but you mentioned that when you went to Snapfish. Uh, at that point in time, they weren't interested in, and the, the phrase that you used was solving this problem or solving the problem. At the root yeah. of a good or potentially good business venture is very simply an effort at solving a problem. And I think the entrepreneurs that are listening in, they probably get that. Um, but if, if we are at ever or at any point looking for an opportunity to start a business, one of the best places to start is to ask where there is a problem that needs to be solved. And then ultimately bringing a solution to that problem enables you to be able to launch a business and hopefully a successful one at that. So that really is a great segue then to, I'm curious, what sets PickTime apart from some of the other online galleries or CRM companies out there? What problem are you solving that maybe they're not solving as effectively? I don't know what other people are solving or not solving. I'll speak about what we are trying to do. Yeah. So I think it will be in, uh, we, we approach it in two, two levels on the things we currently do and the things and the velocity and the direction we are uh, going forward. Uh, because, uh, and I'll start with the latter because I think most people that uh, already know us and work with the system, they see that uh, there's a constant uh, move. 
and constant renewal and change. And uh, I think this is something that is very critical for us. And the ability to, and the, the desire to all the time change and add things and improve. So for example, for this year, we have so many plans and already now we are in the midst of uh, launching uh, so many new features and capabilities and going into new markets. So uh, I think this is one thing that we, we appreciate as something, uh, as a value that's very important for us. The need to uh, change and progress. And the second thing, I think we have, when we started it, there's two values that were, one was very important for Nirit. I'm half blind to it, uh, which is the aesthetics and precision uh, and the quality of the UX. And the visual aspect. The visual, the visual uh, presence. On my side, it was important for me to have a technological, um, something that would be technologically interesting to, uh, to do and to uh, innovate around. Right. So I think that there's a mix in big time of we're doing lots of interesting things technologically in this space, which is not, uh, you know, uh, it's not bringing cure to cancer. But still, we're doing, uh, I think, a uh, lot of interesting um, engineering um, uh, structures there. And I think on the aesthetics, it's, uh, this is the most evident uh, thing. Uh, we, we stand apart, I think, in that side as well no question well i mean and i think i alluded to this at the very beginning of our conversation when i when i saw the platform there at the photo native conference you were one of the the sponsors we were also sponsoring photographers that it was and um but we had a conversation and i had the opportunity to look a little bit at the platform and i was absolutely blown away because it is truly a unique platform from the standpoint of the aesthetic it is truly i'm i'm very much a minimalist a self-proclaimed minimalist and it is truly a minimalist platform and i think it's beautiful that you're continuing to innovate uh, and add that technology that you're referring to while simultaneously maintaining a minimalist feel that is extremely beautiful and um, so, of course, we'll make sure to link to the PickTime website uh, in the show notes to make sure that uh, everybody can get out there and take a look at it. Um, I'll just go ahead and mention now that the website is pic-time.com, picktime.com, correct? Correct, yes. yes. And then, yeah. and, then and I'll give you an example for, about the aesthetics and how important is it for Nirit. Um, actually, we were supposed to launch eight months before. We were supposed at the end of uh, 2015, we were supposed to launch. And uh, we had the platform ready, and Erit went through all the reviews, and he said, it's not good enough. So we, we scrapped. There was a ready platform. It was Wow. <laughs> it was, and we, we threw all this interface, and we started. So all the back end and everything was uh, running. There was no problem. But <laughs> all the UX was rewritten uh, with a totally different concept. Wow. That well, I I have to say again that that the all the work and effort and energy and and, and then to your point, the additional time that was spent putting together that user experience was more than worth it. You created an absolutely beautiful product. And and I also have to go back to what Nirit was saying as well, which is the and you alluded to this earlier in the conversation, Nirit, that that uh, you're always listening to what the customer the feedback that the customer is giving. Uh, and Amir, you're, you're pointing out the fact that you're constantly adding features. This this openness to conversation with clients or potential clients as to what they're looking for, what they need, is so important. It's important as photographers. You know, I think a lot of times photographers as artists kind of let their ego get in the way of conversations with clients or potential clients about what they actually want. Um, and, and it's that there's always it's kind of a subjective conversation, really, at the end of the day, the, the balance between the art and the business. And we're going to talk a little bit about this here in just a bit. Uh, but I think it's important 
to make sure as if we're running a business, one that we want to grow, that we need to keep an open mind, we need to keep an open ear and listen to those clients and those potential clients to their feedback, because that'll make a big difference in being able to build a business that is sustainable. And and yet again, you've done that while simultaneously maintaining a, a minimalist uh, user interface, which is so important these days. You know, we, we all deal with so much noise, um, yeah, digitally mm-hmm. or audibly or, or otherwise, um, mentally, certainly. And so the last yeah. thing that we need when we go to a website or a service is to have to, you know, fumble around and, and, and read through a bunch of text and figure out how to use the interface. And you guys yeah. have designed just a, an absolutely beautiful interface that, that makes that user experience so much better. So uh, kudos to you for that. I want to go ahead and jump into, though, kind of our primary conversation for today, um, which is... It really largely has largely to do with what we were just talking about, kind of that the blurring lines, if you will, to borrow a phrase from our um, our introduction uh, between art and service. Um, the, the photography industry, it's changed so much over the last you know, 15, 20 years. And we're going from this place. I mean, when I started out, I was shooting 35 millimeter film and, and medium format film. Uh, and of course, that's coming back around now, but we go from a place where that's the, the norm, medium format cameras and photographic certifications and degrees and awards and fancy studios. And um, that that was kind of the norm then to a place now where it's, you know, digital cameras and online galleries and 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 meeting with clients at Starbucks. That's become the new norm. And so um, there's been a massive shift. But along with that, uh, and this is something we've discussed at least briefly in the, in the podcast in the past, but along with that has been a shift away from tangible finished products, right? Because our clients or potential clients see that, uh, where they're used to the idea that they have easy access to digital files on their phone or on their computer. They want the same thing from the, the professional photographer that they're hiring. So we've kind of moved more to this kind of shoot and burn business model. I'm I'm curious to get your opinions, especially you, Nirit, being a photographer. Do you think that this shift in the industry has hurt the profession of wedding and portrait photography? And and uh, what's your perspective on that? So I think it's it's very it depends on on the side on who are you talking with. I think that on the perspective of the photographers, this field has become so open and um, I'm missing the word in English. I know how to say what I want in Hebrew, but I mean, everyone like taking photos now became very easy. The engineering part, the engineering part does is, not exist anymore. Yeah. 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 I, I, I will also learn photography and I did like, I was uh, developing my photos in a dark room and yeah. I valued like the, the, you know, the, the material and everything. And so things have really shifted and it is so open to so many people. So I think that in the, that term, and I see it here in Israel, there's a lot of photographers that are doing it for like business. And they're not like in the level that's, that I would want to see. Uh, and prices are going down and there is so much going around it. So many things going around it. So this is like from the photography part, I think it's something that has been going on. Um, and I think that from the client side, uh, they just want more, more, more of everything. <laughs> and it's really up to the photographer to set the borders and to like, it's time for the photographer to really be like to stand and say, 
what he's worth. It's harder to say it now than it has been in the past because in the past you couldn't do it. You couldn't just take a photo and now you can do it. And so the, the distinguish between being professional and just being like, just taking photo is, is harder to, to state. So I think the photographer is now dealing with really standing on two legs and say, that that's how you do it professionally. And this is what I'm doing as a professional photographer and setting apart now is, is the biggest task, I think. I, I think you're right. And, and to that point, you know, this is something that we've been discussing on the podcast as of late, um, because the technical side of photography, as you were talking about, has become such a, it's really almost a, a non-conversation in, in many cases these days. The technology is so good that it does the work for us. That was what used to set us apart. You, you'd spent time studying the technical side of photography, and that's what enabled you to be a, quote, professional photographer. Now that a lot of that's been taken out of the way, the, the, the question then is, how do we set ourselves apart? And I think a lot of that has to do with creating a unique experience. Um, but the other, exactly. the, the other piece of that, though, too, has to do with knowing how to actually run a sustainable business. It's one thing to, to go buy a, you know, a decent digital camera for $1,000 or $1,500 and take a decent picture. It's a whole different conversation if we're going to talk about how to actually create a business that is sustainable, that will actually make a living for us. So it's two different things, yeah. and we do have to have some serious conversations around the business side of things and the experience side of things as well. Yeah, and I think that uh, this is like one of my motivation coming from photography and creating this solution because I really wanted something that will set me apart from just like sending them images over whatever it was in that time, like seven years ago. Right. So, um, so more <laughs> even more, yeah, even more. And I'm really picky of how the gallery would look like, how the client will experience it. Um, how will we give more power to the photographer to make decisions on his business? We have so many ways of working with the systems for so many, um, like there are so many ways to run a photography business now. Some photographers take off galleries after a amount of time. Some photographers give albums only by meeting their clients um, some photographers give albums as a coupon. You know, there there's such a, a variety of creating your photography business now. And we are really trying to give the best and the best tools and with also having like in the back of our for Amir it's in the back of his mind, for me it's in the like the fourth, fourth <laughs> uh, of my mind to do it in a way that will look professional, clean aesthetic and just you know keeping up with the photographer brand and even making it better for sure well and, and i think this is actually a really great segue into my next question which is really just how how does the photographer then use the pick time platform to help their client have that unique experience and more specifically the tangible experience right being able to get a physical product prints albums can you kind of walk us through that workflow on the pick time platform yeah, so I, I think what we're trying uh, in the platform is that all the things that relate to the business and the business approach and the communication with the client to enable uh, the photographer to do it professionally, but not needing to become an expert in that. Uh, so a lot of automation and a lot of help. Um, so the thinking, if we, I'll 
jump a little bit back to the differentiators around photographers, I think today it's much more interesting to be a photographer because it, like we took out the technical part of uh, exposure and things. It still exists, but it's, it's uh, much easier for a lot of people to, to handle. So now the difference is really on the how do you, what's your perspective when you shoot? What's the language of your photos? These things are not part of our system. We're trying to give them a good window, a good place to uh, present it, that they'll be able to show their language. And I think this is the thing that separates photographers from each other. This is something that we cannot provide for them. This is something that they will have to do. What we are trying to do is to simplify for them all the rest, all the other things that um, they can run and automate and leave them with as much time and energy to really concentrate on the things that sets them apart. So for example, um, all the mechanics of uh, uploading files, sometimes uh, if you upload it through the internet browsers, people have uh, all kinds of issues of uh, the browser closes and then all the upload session goes away or the internet connection is uh, breaking up and you need to start all over or you just need to go somewhere you are flying and you need to close the computer so we we kind of created a platform that all this uh, file delivery the uploading mechanics uh, mechanics is very simple and very robust so all the creation of the project is very quick and simple and then there is a robust system behind it that makes sure that the files eventually will get to where they need to go so this is one aspect the second aspect is the flexibility around the business rules as nirit says uh, there's lots of uh, things uh, in how to conduct the business, so we're trying to add, and this is a lot of conversation with customers uh, all the time to to enable all kinds of business uh, practices or business philosophies uh, into the system, so people that are conducting their businesses in different ways will be able to do to these type of things. And it goes to different pricing, differential pricing, when do they charge, and um, how do they upsell? And so there's a lot of things around that that we're trying to understand more and more and uh, all the time uh, improve, both expand the capabilities and also simplify it for people to do that. I think the, um, the third level is trying to uh, offset or to offload a lot of things that are that used to come back to the photographer, like designing products and managing the tangible products ordering and to try to give as many tools for the photographers who want it to be able to automate this process uh, through an online store to their clients. So clients can order by themselves, but still get a professional product. So if, if a client of a photographer goes to Shutterfly and makes a book out of their photos, the client most probably will like the book because uh, their photos are inside and they will like whatever the outcome may be. Right. But the but the photographer, not so much. <laughs> uh, photographers will be more sensitive to how their photos are presented. What's the container that's holding their, these photos? What's the quality of the design? What's the quality of the, the papers and so on? So we're trying to, uh, to enable the photographers to be able to sell these products to, their, to these customers, to their customers, make money out of it, of course, and also have a product that they can be proud of. So we're very picky on the things we get into the store and um, the fulfillers, the labs that we work with to create uh, products that are that uh, somebody who values their photos. And basically, this is also our 
main target market. We are looking for photographers who care about their photos, who, who are very picky about their photos, like their photos, like how they look. And this is really our brand speaks this way, and this is uh, our target market. So uh, also the products in the store needs to be able to match this type of characteristics of, uh, of the customer of us. Well, this is really good, and, and I love the, the philosophy. I mean, you're obviously not just kind of randomly doing these things. There's a, a significant and yet very straightforward philosophy that's driving everything that you do. You mentioned three big ideas there, simplicity, flexibility, and automation. And those three big ideas are obviously driving not only the technology, but the design of the PickTime service. And, and it's quite obvious, and I think it's a really beautiful thing. And what's brilliant about it is that it ultimately enables the photographer to focus on something that we talk about here at the Boca Podcast quite a bit, which is the proactive, the things that do require their involvement, which really, at the end of the day, we're talking about here art, right? So the photographer is the one that needs to be involved in the creation of the art. If they have a system that they can rely on that simplifies um, the, their, the process of managing their clients, a platform that, that accommodates their particular business model and ultimately automates a lot of that busy work, my goodness, that, that is going to free them up even more to be able to focus on being an artist and providing a product that's, that's incredible to their clients. So this is a, a really beautiful thing. Just I have one last question, though, for you, because you mentioned um, that your, syst- your system enables the client, the end client, the photographer's client, to be able to design, print their own albums, for example. Um, do you feel like, and I'd be curious to get both of your opinions on this, because I know you come from different places. Do you, do you think that that kind of interferes with the final artistic product, the fact that the client gets to choose how that album looks like? Does that, can that potentially hurt the brand or do you think it actually enables the brand? What's your, what's your take on that? I'll, I'll say my take. I opened my of... mouth and she, and she jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, because you press on the button that is called design, and I'm like, wait, and I'm up there. We actually try, and this is something we're going to do a lot more in the coming time, to enable the photographer to choose products that he wants, meaning he can choose which album does he want. Does he want, like, he can, I mean, you're not in pick time, you're not picking a fulfiller, and that's it. You need to do everything with him. You can pick for each client, for each product, a different provider. So I think that if you are choosing something that you like and you, you're standing behind it, and the, like the, the choices that were made there, the cover, um, the, um, the papers that he's going to use, the binding, all, all these decisions were made by the photographer. And all that is left to do is really to like set the photos there. And because we designed, like we, we gave a really simple, clean, really nice design. So there is not a lot of place for the client to make mistakes. I mean, even in, with the covers, we have some printed covers he cannot control like where things are standing there and to move things around. He has like seven or eight covers to choose from and they're all good covers. So I think giving the photographer and the ability to control his products and giving the clients less control is really the key to products that in the end the photographer can stand behind them. Behind them. That, that's beautiful. It sounds like kind of the best of both worlds. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's great, and I think that also the the connection that we have between a gallery and um and the album is really strong because all the activity that is made in the gallery, all the likes that people did, um, so many things there, you can use them while you're um, designing your album, while while you're setting your photos. So instead of working, let's say, with uh, 700 images from your wedding, you can work only with a fewer images that you selected. And maybe you want to see what your mom selected and just put, and maybe you're doing your mom an album and you're using her images. There are so many things that concerns the connection of viewing and editing together, viewing the images and then editing them that really gives us an advantage i think oh, i think again it's a beautiful combination of of that that flexibility and automation um, but then a, a little bit of control just to make sure that the finished product going out is going to effectively reflect your brand so i think that's really great amir i, I know you were about to say something there i'd love to hear your take there, there will be photographers that are also um, considering themselves the, uh, album designers and I think for them, handing over this automation can be considered as uh, losing some of the creativity in the final product they do. And I think for them, they will probably not use uh, the online. Uh, but but just the albums. They can yeah, take the albums. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can take out the albums. But uh, so there's other things around uh, to sell there. But um, uh, the albums uh, they can take out. But photo- other photographers, that for them, the main thing is the photography. I think for them it's it's a very uh, interesting solution because it will not take energy from them into managing the selections or connection with the designer and dealing with all this uh, laborious uh, workflow of um, producing a designed album for their customers. And so I think for them it's an, an, a very interesting alternative to still sell and uh, get money out of it. And also there's the, the, the advantage that even if they don't sell it, they, as I said, they, they control how it looks. And they know that it will be uh, that at the end of the day, their customer, their client will have their photos printed in something that they can be proud of. And I think today, for example, uh, a lot of the highly designed uh, albums, for, so for example, the moms and the grandmoms, Usually they don't get it. It's it's becoming too complicated to design so many albums for one event. So either they're getting a, a copy, small. a small copy, or they don't get it at all. And here's or they they will do it in Shutterfly or something else, uh, which is totally out of the control of the photographer. In this case, suddenly, and we have a slogan uh, in the company: even grandma can do it. So. <laughs> We are all the time looking on grandma being able to produce a high quality album. And how do we how do we get about that? How do we do that? How do we, how do we improve it improve that all the time? So there's a lot, for example, we are uh, the automation of the album creation takes into account color matching of the photos when it designs a, a page. And as Nirit said, it will choose from carefully uh, selected and designed uh, layouts. This is this is uh, something we are really uh, strong about the ability to create a well-designed, high-quality products, but by the non-designer or the people that don't really understand how to do uh, a designed um, product. 
Oh, I, and I think that's really intelligent. When it comes to developing a scalable business that is going to be able to serve a wider market, you need to create a system that is easy to use. But, I, but of course, behind that is the perspective of a photographer, considering how do we create that simple, minimalist experience while simultaneously enabling the photographer to create a beautiful artistic product. And I think you guys are just doing an incredible job of, of continuing to develop a platform that enables that very thing. Um, I know that we've, we've sold this, I think all three of us together have sold this platform pretty well, and our listeners are going to want to, to see it. Um, so will you share, just as we close here, will you share with our listeners how they can find out or where they can find you online, uh, social media, the website, et cetera? So um, my uh, our website is www.picktime.com and our Instagram is picktime underscore us um, US. Also on Facebook, it's picktime underscore US. And I put a lot of, I love the Instagram. I mean, there's, it's like my, my time off, I collect so many photos from so many photographers and I have this app that I'm playing with, like with the order and the colors and everything. So I love, I really love our feed and it's, um, I'm trying to bring as many photographers as I can into this, um, thing that we're doing there oh your your instagram feed i am envious of it is absolutely stunning so yeah definitely (laughs) kudos to i mean your your eye has not only led to a beautiful product in pick time but uh, your instagram feed really is beautiful so make sure everybody listening and make sure you go take a look at both the website pick time and that's pic-time.com and then of course uh, instagram and facebook as well thank you amir and nirit so much for making time to have this conversation uh, for the sake of the book of podcast listeners Thank you so much for having us. It was really great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>